Amen. You may be seated. Babies and engagements. God is good, right? God is good. You know, um, you say, Cole, bro, you set the standard for, for romantic engagements. I was, I was sitting at home, right, preparing for this message, and my wife's chilling out in the kitchen, or she's chilling out in some area of the house, and I hear this, Aaron. I'm like, what? We don't yell, but I came around and I said, what? And she said, have you seen the photos of the engagement? This is romantic. And she's like, you basically set the bar up here. So well done, bro. Well done. It was awesome. Can we put our hands together for Pastor Grace and Kyle? It is amazing. Like, like uh, Pastor Natalie said, a powerhouse couple. Well, look, I'm excited to be here this morning. If you don't know me, uh, my name is Aaron Young. I'm one of the, one of the youth pastors. Uh, my full name is actually Aaron Wing Young, and I'm slowly warming up to that middle name Wing. People call me Wing Wing. Some people call me Chicken Wing. I don't know why, but I've been trying to cover that up for ages, but it's slowly coming out, but that's all good. I'm, I'm one of, uh, like I said, one of two youth pastors here, and we run a, a, connect, uh, a youth ministry called Connect Youth uh, here on a Friday night, and this place is cranking with young people, and I'm going to share a story uh, about that as we progress through this morning's message. But I'm excited for what God's put on my heart this morning to share with you. And the reason I'm excited, because if I think about over the last kind of two weeks or even the last month, what God has put on my heart is this idea of a vision. Pastor Neil, last week, he shared an amazing word on the burning bush. And what I loved about this message, as he wrapped it up, he said, as we go out there, we've got to be looking. We've got to be looking, which is part of a vision. We're going to be looking for the burning bush. And over the last kind of month or couple of weeks, Pastor Grace and I have been talking about the vision, the vision for Connect Youth and Youth Ministry and where God wants to take it. And so you, might, you may have seen a video called, oh, it isn't called anything, but in the tag it says, We Are Revival. And so that's the vision. But how many know if you've got a vision, you've got to see it for that vision to come into fruition. So I'm excited for what God's going to share with you guys this morning. By day, I'm not a superhero. I am a consultant by day, so I have a full-time job at a company called Deloitte, and some of you may know the company. Uh, some of the greatest advice that I got, uh, which is in a work context, but I can also believe, I also believe that it can be applied to our personal lives, is that too many people focus on the strategies and they lose sight of the vision. Too many people focus on the strategies and they lose sight of the vision. I love what Pastor Natalie shared as we, we keep focusing on what we're doing right here and we forget to look up at God. See, my question is, how do we know if our strategies are right? How do we, how do we know we have the right strategies in place if we've got a blurred vision? Amen? I don't want to preach before I pray, so bow your heads and I'll preach after I pray. God, I thank you for this time together. As a church, God, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. God, have your way in this place and do what only you can do in Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. I'm just gonna have a drink of water, that is. All right, let's get started. Turn with me to Genesis uh, chapter 14, and I'm gonna read from verses 14 to 18. Sorry, Genesis 13, 14 to 18. And uh, I shared a portion of this message to the youth. Um, but does anyone here uh, know a song called Father Abraham? Like, I think it's a Sunday school song, right? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I'm 30 years old, and I only learned of that song last year. So I learned of that song where I was 29, because I didn't grow up in the Sunday school. Praise God for Sunday school, right? And uh, be before uh, Father Abraham, or before Abraham became the father of many sons, Abram had no children. 
Like he, he was childless. And with, with being childless, with having no children, God still gave him a vision. God even went as far as giving him a new identity. You see, his name was Abram, which means exalted father. And as God gave him a vision and God worked through his life, God says, you will now be called Abraham, which is the father of many nations. And so in Genesis 13, 14 to 18, you guys are going to work with me here. I think the scripture is going to come up at the bottom. And if it does, we can, uh, when I, actually, we're going to try something. When I point to you, just so I know you guys are focused, that's when you're going to read out the word, okay? We got that? Okay, so the Lord to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him, around from where you are to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. The next scripture says, all the land that you, I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. It says, Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Abram moved his tent. He went, and he settled by the oaks of of Mamre in Hebron. Then he built an altar to God. You see, what I love about the scripture is God imparts vision onto Abram by speaking. But how many know that you can get a vision from God, but it's useless if you're not willing to see it, if you can't see it? What's the point in a vision if you can't see it? God doesn't stop there. He says, well, I've given you a vision and you see it, but what's the point in a vision if you, can, if you get a vision from God and you can see it, but you're not willing to move? If you're not willing to, to move, and, and for some of us, God gives us a vision. And we see it, we go, yeah, that's good, I can see that, that's where I'm going, but I'm going to sit on the couch watching Netflix all day and watch this vision unfold. It doesn't work like that. God gives us a vision, He instructs us, and then we got to move. And then we got to move. What is a vision? I'm glad you guys asked, uh, because it's important to know. Uh, basically, this, this is a real uh, simple explanation of a vision uh, that, that I heard of, and so I'm going to give it to you guys. And so a vision, I believe, can, give it, can be given on a corporate level, which is at a group level. We do seek for uh, prayer on Tuesday morning, so that's a corporate level, a group, or you can pray individually. But God can also give you a vision at an individual level. But regardless of what the vision is, you have reality here, so this is your current life, and then right over here, could be far away, we don't know, you have your vision. So you have reality over there and vision here. You see, what happens in between is your circumstances. Vision allows you to bridge this deficit of where you are and where God's calling you to be. What happens in between is your circumstances and how you choose to respond to the circumstances. Because it's not about the, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey that you take to reach that destination. You see, the enemy tries to break our focus. The enemy doesn't want to borrow this vision. What would, the, what would be the point in that if the enemy just wanted to borrow it? The enemy grabs it, and he, he steals it, and he destroys it. And I see so many people uh, walk, and this is, this is why I love why Pastor Natalie uh, actually was doing the transition, because so many people walk with their heads down. As they're going about life, and they go, yep, God has given me a vision. There it goes. There goes my purpose. I'm going to go towards it. They walk down with their heads down. They're walking around, and they look up, and they go, oh, wait, it's over there. Okay, let's go to that vision. Okay, let's go. Let's go for that purpose. Walking down with our heads down. Again, we missed the mark. We missed the mark. 
I don't know about you, but last time I checked, my eyes were on the front of my head, which means when I walk, my eyes are used to look up, to be forward-looking. I've never seen anyone with eyes on the back of their head. So use your eyes as we walk around. Our heads should be up, looking, looking. Where are we going? Do we have the right strategies in place? Do we see that vision, or is that vision blurred? We need to get, get a clear picture of that vision. Here's what I know, and this is my first point. If you are taking notes, write this down. It says, vision gives purpose to pain. Vision gives purpose to pain. Ouch. When you lose sight of the vision, you lose sight of the purpose for your pain. When you lose sight of the vision, you lose sight of the purpose for that circumstance. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says this, for our light and momentary troubles, so in, in other words, in our tinsy-wincy troubles, they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. How powerful is that? I'm going to share a story uh, about my wife. I love talking about my wife, and uh, I think she's going to kill me if I share the story. So if I'm not around next week, you know who the suspect is. But anyway, um, Miranda's going through a bit of tough time with her health. And uh, we decided to meet up for lunch one day at a cafe. We actually meet up often. And so we're sitting in this cafe, and it was an emotional time. It was a, I'm not going to lie, it's an emotional time. Got to the point where she was crying. And then when she cries, I cry. And then it makes it awkward for the waiter. But we're talking. And we're talking about uh, her purpose and the vision that God has given her. And she's like, man, like life is tough at the moment. I'm going through all this stuff. And I said to her, I said, what's the vision that God's given you? I've known her for seven years. I know what the vision that, I know the vision that God has given her because she's constantly telling me, which is awesome. But how many know if you've lost sight of that vision, you can speak it. And as you begin to literally speak it, it begins to activate something. So I said to her, what's the vision that God's given you? Many of us will know that she wants to help young girls who are sex trafficked. She said, that, that's, that's the vision that God's given me. And I said, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to achieve that? And she says, well, I want to I make bags. I want to make leather bags so that when I sell them, I can give a portion of the profit to these young girls to try and get these young girls out of sex trafficking. I said, that's amazing. That's when we started to cry. But... The amazing thing is I said to Miranda, I said, well, that's awesome. You've got a vision from God, and you can see it. Now, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? And she said, well, I'm, I'm going through some stuff in my life, my sickness and, and with work and various other things that were going on. And she said, so it's hard for me to fulfill this. It's hard for me to focus on the vision and put the right things in place that I need to put in place in order to, to achieve that vision. And we went, the, well, I went my way, she went her way. And uh, the Holy Spirit did something in her that, in that afternoon. The Holy Spirit did something in her that afternoon. She, got, she gets home earlier than me, so she got home. And I walked through the door. I literally walked through the door, so I opened up the door. I walked through. I see this massive box sitting there. So I'm like, Miranda. She's like, what? We're kind of like, Miranda. She's like, what? I said, what's this box here? And uh, she said, she said this, she said, it's a sewing machine. I said, why you got a sewing machine? 
she said, I want to learn how to sew so I can sew bags to then sell it and make a profit and then give a portion of that to sex trafficking. See, God gave, see, oh, that was proud husband, proud, proud husband moment right there. But I tell you what's more amazing. This is what's more amazing. God gave her a vision. She saw that. And then she was willing to move. God gave her a vision. She saw that. And then she was willing to move. See, what are you focusing on? Are we focusing on the mountain? Or are we focusing on the solution? Are we focusing on how how we're going to achieve and get over that mountain? Or are we focusing on the circumstances in our life? We need to stop looking at our circumstances and embrace. We need to embrace what God has given us. Because if we focus too much on the circumstances, we begin to lose sight of the vision. You know, there's a a reason why a vision from God is so outrageous. I'm just going to put it out there. There's a reason why a vision from God is so outrageous. And that's because it's a God vision. It's a God vision. It's a God-given Holy Spirit-driven vision. I don't know about you. I don't, want a vision, I don't want a vision from God that I can do on my own. And here's why I don't want a vision that I can do on my own. Because then I will be seeking for the glory. I want a vision that I can get from, the, from God that requires me to rely, that requires the Holy Spirit to work in and through me so all glory and all honor can go to God. You see, I believe as we bridge this deficit that I was talking about, reality and vision over there, as we bridge this deficit, I don't know about you, but I try and and bring it a little bit closer. I try and bring bring it a little bit closer so it's more humanly attainable. God, do you want to do this? But look how far it is. Would you just bring it forward a little bit more? You see, the promise that God gave to Abram, about being the father of many nations and about blessing him was given when he was 75 years old. I'm no expert, but 75 years old. God says you're going to be the father of many nations. If I were in Abram's shoes, I would say to God, I don't know, he goes my gold card. I get free coffees out in the cafe there. I'm 75 years old and you want to make me a father of many nations? Would you just bring that closer a little bit? I would work with 75, 76, 77, but 99? We begin to bring that vision closer so we can try and achieve it on our own. Don't let your circumstance dictate the magnitude of your vision. Don't let the circumstance dictate the magnitude of your vision. You see, God didn't want Abram to see barren. God didn't want Abram to see the impossible. God didn't want Abram to focus on what he was going through and how old he was. God wanted him to focus on the solution. He wanted him to focus on the solution. I said I'd share a story about Connect Youth. I'm going to do that now. So our vision, we've recently put it in place. And Vanessa, she actually pulled together an amazing video around the vision that we have for youth group, for youth ministry. And this is where we believe God is taking it. And we're willing, our leadership and, and our team are willing to do whatever it's going to take. But the vision is that we are revival. It's the idea, we are revival. I think that's a powerful vision. And it's a powerful thing for young people. But let me tell you something about our young people. 
You see, God's bringing in the right people in this place at the right time. He's bringing in the people that need to be in this place. But let me tell you a little something about what happens on a Friday night. Because this place is filled with young people. I'm not going to lie. Most Fridays, we get over 150 young people filling out this place. Filling out this place. But you know what happens during worship? Some people are going to think it's a club and they'll be hooking up down the back. Some people during worship aren't even, aren't even up the front. That's cool, but they'll be talking down the back. And even during the word, they're going to be texting. And because they're texting, we know they ain't listening. And then after the service, some of our leaders have to scrape gum off the carpet. Like I said, God's bringing the right people. Gia says amen because it's Gia that does it. Gia's like, get the whole water now. She's an expert at it, eh? And we're scraping gum off the carpet, and we're cleaning up spilled drinks, and we're tidying up rubbish. And God, do you want to do a revival in this place? How are you going to do a revival when, when this is happening, where people aren't even participating, where people aren't even focusing? We begin to bring that vision closer. God, would you just, could we even get 50% participating in worship? Maybe 25% putting up their hands. God says, no, scrape the gum off the carpet, clean up the rubbish, clean up the spilled drink, because I'm going to do a revival in this place. Are we going to focus on our circumstances and what's unfolding right before us? Are we going to focus on the fact that we are revival, and there's going to be a revival in this place as young people step out, pick up the gum, clean up the rubbish, and clean up the spilled drink. God is bringing the right people in this place. Amen. Like, I wouldn't even want a different crowd in here. Those are the people that I want to minister, minister to. Those are the people that we need in this place. But we begin to reduce that vision. Do you know the whole time I've been in youth ministry, I've never seen such a dramatic shift and change in young people? Like, like I'm, I'm not kidding here. There has been a, a massive shift in, in the thinking of young people. Do you know we have uh, young people actually helping us to plan our service now? Because we're all kind of getting old. Well, I'm getting old. I'm 30. But we're actually getting young people, 13, 14 year olds who are saying, I want to help plan this service. And so they're coming into meetings and they're beginning to plan the service. You should do this game because this is what, what's happening out there uh, in, in the schools. God's doing a revival and we're not willing to reduce that vision to our circumstance. God, look through this place and do a revival. My third point is this. This is a tough one, right? Like I, I, I was preaching the 8 a.m. service and I said it. And then when I said it, I knew this was a good one because um, they were like, ow. But it's this. Don't expect others to understand your vision. Don't expect others to understand your vision. You know, Jesus sought purpose in his suffering. Jesus knew that he had to suffer as part of God's plan. He had to suffer as part of God's plan. And people, including his disciples, didn't understand or didn't grasp the fact that Jesus had to do that. And Jesus made it very clear when someone said no. Peter, he's like, yo, Jesus, never. That, that shouldn't happen to you. That's not going to happen to you. What does Jesus say? In Matthew 16, 23, Jesus says, and he turns to Peter, and he says this, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, 
and you do not have in mind the concerns or the visions that God has given me, but merely human concerns. That's some harsh words, but friends, when you get a vision from God, people might not understand it. When you get a vision from God, people might not understand it. See, a vision is seeing something in our spirit that no one else sees. It's seeing something in our spirit that no one else sees. You might have a vision for your family that no one else sees. You might have a vision for your business that no one else sees. You might have a vision for yourself that no one else sees. And if we, if we muck around and we look for the approval of others, because our natural reaction or what we want, what we want, our expectation of a reaction is this. This is my vision for God. Oh, really? That's awesome, man. You should pursue that. That is the reaction we're looking for. And sometimes, friends, it doesn't work like that. Oh, you want to do a revival in this place? Imagine if, I invited, if we invited someone here and they said, uh, this ain't going to work. You want to do a revival, but um, no one's participating in worship and no one's even listened to the word. Oh, you want to make bags, but you can't even sew? Don't expect others to understand your vision. This has been shared a few times, and I'm going to share it again because it is powerful. It is powerful. Walt Disney, in 1971, that was the grand opening of Disneyland. Like, it was, it was huge. The grand opening. And sadly, Walt Disney wasn't there to witness it. He wasn't there to see it because he had died five years earlier. And so his wife, as she's up there, the host welcomes her up, and she begins to, to give a speech. And as she finish, finishes, the host says, man, it would have been awesome if Walt could have seen this. She said two words. He did. He did. He saw it. That's why it is here, because he saw the vision, the vision that no one else saw. He saw it. Psalm 37 23, 24, that's going to come up on, on the screen. It says, this is amazing. And if the keys want to come up, they can come up. But 23, Psalm 37, 23, 24 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Although he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hands. The Lord upholds him with his hand. My fourth point, I've got four points tonight. Four is a random number. Like usually it's one, three, or five, but it's four today. Fourth point is this, fix your focus on the planter of the vision. Fix your focus on the planter of the vision. Because I know sometimes our vision can be blurred. I know sometimes the vision can, can kind of become a little bit blurry and we begin to lose sight of it. I've experienced that myself. And I know it's easy to focus on the circumstances, but how many know an encounter with God can connect you back to that vision? Just one encounter can connect you back to that vision, which, which was perhaps blurred. You know, we, we hear of people walking around and, and we say, well, what's your vision? And they say, well, in order for me to find the vision that God's given me, I just got to find out who I am. Just give me a bit of time and I'll find out who I am. 
My response to that is you don't need to find who you are in order to find your vision. You need to find out who He is so you can now see clearly the vision that He has given to you. It's about finding Him. It's about focusing on Him. And we have to ensure that our steps towards the vision are directed by the Holy Spirit. That's why I said earlier, it's a God-given, Holy Spirit-driven vision. Our steps need to be directed by the Holy Spirit. And when God gives you a vision, the Holy Spirit doesn't sit back and watch you. When God gives you a vision, we got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. You see, the flip side to vision is prophecy. And so when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, it begins to prophesy over your situation. It begins to prophesy over your dreams. And it begins to prophesy over your vision. Jensen Franklin said this. He said, the sign of the Holy Spirit in your life is when you do something you're not supposed to do. The sign of the Holy Spirit in your life is when you do something you're not supposed to do. I don't know about you, church, but I don't want a small vision. I don't want a vision that I can do on my own. I want a vision that requires me, that it's absolutely mandatory that I rely on the Holy Spirit. And I know it's not going to be easy. Nowhere does it say that. It's not going to be easy, but I do know this, that it is going to be possible because Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not going to be easy, but I know it's going to be possible. Helen Keller says this. She's a a lady who was, a woman who was blind, and she's deaf as well. She said this. She said, the worst thing about being blind is having sight but no vision. The worst thing about being blind is having sight, but no vision. You see, a vision gives purpose to your pain. It gives purpose to your pain. Don't reduce or don't try and bring that vision forward. It is a God-given vision with purpose. Don't try and bring it closer based on our circumstances. Don't expect others to understand the vision that God has given us because the vision that we see is in our spirit that no one else can see. Fix your eyes. Fix your focus on the planter of that vision. My challenge to you is are you willing to jump out of the what's now into the what's next? Are you willing to jump out of the what's now into the what's next? Are you willing to jump into the fact that we're going to be a revival? Are you willing, are you going to jump into the fact that I want to, I've got a vision to help young girls get out of sex trafficking? Are you willing to jump out of what's going on now into the what's next? And if you're willing, it's going to require a bold move. But here's what I know. This is what I know. If you can see the invisible, friends, you can do the impossible. When you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. I've been listening to a song literally on repeat for a large portion of this 
this week, and there's a line in this song which is which is powerful. It is powerful. I heard it a few weeks ago at a conference, at a Rise conference in Wellington. And the line of the song, some of you will know it who went along, it says this, These dry bones will live again. These cold hearts will dream again. This nation, New Zealand, will sing again the praises of our God who breathed life in us. Some of you have had a vision for your life and perhaps it's been blurred because of your circumstances, because of what you're going through in life. Friend, I'm here to tell you, if you want to grab anything out of today, I'm here to tell you that God is in the restoration business. He is in the restoration business. He can restore that vision that He gave to you. You may have lost it, but friends, God's here to tell you, I'm giving it back to you. Grab hold of it. Grab hold of the vision that I'm giving you. Your dry bones will live again. Far out, that's powerful. Our dry bones will live again, and, and we will dream. We will dream again. God is good. Would you guys bow your head?